Welcome to another podcast of Risen Church. We're glad you tuned in with us today. And today, you've probably looked at the title of this, Kneeling. Uh, what does it really mean to take a knee? And you may be thinking this is about the NFL controversy and the uh, flag and the national anthem and all that. It has nothing to do with that. This is about taking a knee for eternity. And there's one verse in the Bible that I think really sums up what it means to know if you're going to go to heaven when you die. It's really the gospel in one verse, and that verse is Romans chapter 6, verse 23. And it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And there's some key words in there that really, uh, to define them, gives us the clear picture of what it means to take a knee for eternity. And that first word is the word wages, which uh, being in the pastorate for many years and working with families and especially families with small children, and they had been in church and they wanted to know about what it is to follow Christ. And they would come into my office with their children and I would be talking with the children. And I'd say, do you know what a wage is? And they would shake their head no. And so I'd say, well, we don't use that word a whole lot in America today, but if does your daddy make a paycheck? And they go, oh, yeah. And they would know that word. And I said, well, wages is just an older version of the term what we have called paycheck. It's what we earn or it's what we deserve. And as Paul uses the illustration of wages, he says the wages of sin. So I'd look at those children. I said, you know what sin is? And you know, being a pastor, sometimes they were a little bit intimidated and they wouldn't want to answer if they knew it right or not. And But we would begin to talk about it and we'd really just kind of get it on simplistic level playing ground there for the child to be able to understand. Sin is to do anything that God doesn't want you to do or neglect doing what God wants you to do. And so it's just not obeying God's word. And so sin is disobeying God. And I said, uh, have you ever disobeyed your parents? And the little children would kind of sheepishly, you know, shake their head yes. And I said, so that was really sin because God has told you to obey your parents, right? And they go, yeah. And I said, uh, do your parents sin? And they'd go, they'd shake their heads, yeah, my parents sin. I said, you've seen them? And they go, yeah. And I said, what was it? I go, no, don't tell me, don't you? That's, I, I don't need to know what sin your parents do. But the wages of sin. What we deserve because of our sin, according to what Paul says, is simply death. And now for a child, their only comprehension of death is physical death. And so I'd be real quick to help them understand that the Bible talks about death in different ways. I said there is physical death when our bodies do die and uh, we go and, you know, there's bodies in the casket and we're either at the church or funeral home. We have a service remembering that person's life. That's physical death. But the Bible also talks about spiritual death. And I tell them that death is really separation because when somebody dies physically and they're kind of, you know, zeroing in on this with me and, you know, that spirit, that, that consciousness that's inside them leaves the body. And I said, really, the word death can be separation. And when you die physically, it means your, your, your spirit has been separated from the body. And so for spiritual death, it means we're separated from God. And I'd ask the children, I'd say, where does God live? And almost invariably, they'd take their index finger and point up to the ceiling, you know, and they they go, in heaven. I said, where do we live? Here on earth. I said, we're already kind of separated from him, aren't we? Uh, and we are separated from God. I said, so you have physical death, you have spiritual death, and then the Bible talks about eternal death. And the Bible is very clear that says, if in this life, we, as we're spiritually separated from God, if that 
situation isn't corrected before we die, then we step out into eternity and we live in eternity, in eternal death, separated from God with no chance to ever be able to be brought back together with him. I said, that's not real good news to know that what we deserve because of our sin is death. But I said, the Bible doesn't stop there. Paul takes that turn. He says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And this is why I really love to do this with children. I said, you know what a gift is? Oh, man, their eyes would really light up. They'd been kind of hesitant to answer the first questions. But when I asked them what a gift is, they went, yeah. I said, what? when do you get gifts? And they go, Christmas and birthday. I said, yeah. I said, you get those gifts, don't you? I said, did you have to go out and buy them yourselves? No. I said, people gave them to you on your birthday and you get them on Christmas. It's something you didn't have to pay for. It's just, it's the completely opposite of what wages are. Wages aren't what we earn or deserve. A gift is something we receive from somebody. And it says that this gift is of God. And so God has a gift for us that he wants to give to us. And that gift is called eternal life. And of course, I asked him, I said, now remember we just talked about death? And I go, yes. And I said, well, eternal life doesn't mean that we're going to live in this body, in flesh and blood, forever. Eternal life means more than just the life that's here on earth. And the eternal life is that we're reconciled to God, that when this life is over, we get to go spend eternity and live with him in his home called heaven. That's the place that God has prepared for us. And if by faith we receive that gift of God, we get to know we have eternal life when this life here on earth is over. And so I'd ask him, I said, now, I, I just talked to you. You didn't have to go buy that gift, didn't you? And they go, no, I didn't. But somebody had to buy that gift that gave to you on Christmas or on your birthdays because you didn't want somebody to steal that and give it to you. Well, this gift that God has called eternal life, it tells us at the end of that verse, is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so it's letting us know that Jesus Christ paid the price for the gift of God to be given to us, which is eternal life. And I asked him, I said, do you have any idea how Jesus paid for that gift of eternal life for us? I said, did he have a whole lot of money? I mean, did he go up to God and say, you know, hey, this Mike Booth's a pretty nice guy. I want to get him a gift. I'd like to get him the gift of eternal life. How much would it cost me? Do you think God uh, took money from Jesus so that I could have eternal life? And they go, no, I don't think so. I said, well, how do you think that Jesus paid the price for our sins so that we could be forgiven and have eternal life? And he died on the cross. It's exactly right. He died on the cross, and that paid the price for our sin so that we could be forgiven. So Jesus paid the price of our sin, the wages, what we deserved. He took upon himself our debt so that we could be forgiven and we could have eternal life. Now, how does Jesus transpire this action with us to be able to receive eternal life? How does this take place where he died for us so that we can live for eternity? That's how Paul ended this verse. He says, in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I know there's been a lot of uh, controversy in the church for a number of years about easy believism. And that's just, if you believe in Jesus Christ, if you believe he's the son of God, if you believe that he died on the cross for your sin, then you'll go to heaven when you die and you're good if you, as long as you believe that. Well, there is a lot more to following Christ than just believing. You have to know those facts and you have to believe those facts. But it says, in Jesus Christ our Lord. There's no place in the Bible that tells us to ask Jesus to become our Savior. 
Every time it talks about it, it talks about Jesus being our Lord. And this is where I want to get to taking the knee. Paul wrote to us also in Philippians chapter 2, he says that every knee should bow and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. If we bow the knee to Jesus as Lord and then begin to follow him and obey him and his words for the rest of our lives, then he is our Lord. And if as our Lord, he will save us. He does save us, but he saves us as Lord, not just as a savior. The thing about it is in our American culture, we very little, uh, you have very little use for the word Lord. And I've heard a lot of people say, well, when Jesus being our Lord, it's like Jesus is the boss of our life. I think that analogy falls way short of what a Lord truly is because a boss is somebody who we work for and a lot of us work eight, 10 hour days or whatever it is and we clock in and while we're on the payroll, uh, he can tell us everything to do and how to do it and when to do it and where to do it. But when we're off the pay, uh, the time clock and the payroll, man, this is my life and that boss isn't gonna be able to tell me what I'm gonna have to do. So I believe that being Jesus' Lord is much, much more than just being our boss. I mean, if you go back into the medieval times, if you go back into the biblical times when somebody was a Lord, he had complete control over your life. He could determine whether you lived or died. He could determine whether you ate or didn't eat. He could determine what your status was in life. He got to determine everything there was. And when somebody came in to a room where the Lord was, they immediately bowed their knees and got on their face before the Lord. And they completely surrendered and submitted themselves to that Lord. We have to get to the point when we realize that what we deserve for our sin is eternal death, to be separated from God for all eternity. But God has a gift for us that's called eternal life, and it's in Christ Jesus our Lord. When we begin to understand that Jesus demonstrated the greatest love that could ever be shown, and that's by him dying for us on the cross, it means that we lay down our lives and we begin to live our life for him, and we begin to learn his words and obey his words and live for his glory in everything we say and do. So instead of worrying about whether the NFL players are going to take a knee or stand during the uh, national anthem, I would challenge you to just think and concentrate on this verse of the Bible because your eternity is at stake here. I would want you to think about, are you ready to take a knee for eternity and receive and follow Jesus Christ as Lord? If you have any questions about this, you can email me at, at uh, mike at risen.church, and I would love to respond to you. And if you uh, have listened to this and are challenged by it, uh, please take time to rate and review this podcast for us and be watching in the future for more podcasts.